Hi, this is Dr. Yosef Shigalov. Tonight's podcast on behalf of Yalde Shlucha Rebbe will focus on recognizing serious and persistent mental illness in the Jewish community. The following is a very basic overview of some of the more serious mental illness common diagnoses. Serious mental illness is defined loosely as someone with a specific group of symptoms which are significant enough that they interfere with his or her ability to function normally in society. Some of the more common types of serious mental illness are number one, major depression when it is severe, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia type disorder. Major depressive disorder is usually characterized by some of the following. For feeling down and depressed, on and off, for extensive amounts of time. During that time, feeling tired, irritable, lack of motivation, etc. Showing lack of interest in things which usually bring the person happiness or pleasure. Significant disruptions in usual sleep cycle, either sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Disruption in a person's appetite and weight, either loss of appetite to weight or gain in appetite to weight. There are other symptoms too, which will not, we will not get into here, but are necessary to make a proper diagnosis of depression. Bipolar, bipolar disorder is just as it sounds, a mood disorder with two opposite presentations, a depressive side, as mentioned previously, and at the opposite side called mania. This is also known as manic depressive disorder by some people, and to some people it's also called plain mania. Mania is a condition where the person is showing unusually excessive energy, usually seen in the form of the person staying up and needing little sleep. Energy level is extremely high and unusual for the person. The person is often acting in an unrealistic way, not typically characteristic, such as having unrealistic hopes about a project they want to do and they believe they will be able to achieve saying bizarre things which sound strange and unusual. It may make sense, but are unrealistic and too extreme even for the person saying them. Impulsive behavior, such as seriously overspeeding, overspending, I'm sorry, lack of concern about safety, such as driving fast, and for some people acting out inappropriately, not typical of usual behavior. Sometimes in certain situations, the behavior can be so extreme that it is clear the person has lost touch with reality, believing things which are not usual for the average person. Another typical symptom is the person displaying flight of ideas as if their mind is all lit up and they can't slow it down, racing thoughts, sometimes speaking faster and will not be able to slow down. In our community, sometimes these bizarre beliefs and ideas may be religious beliefs but they have a certain bizarre and strange quality to them, which is not typical. A third less common but prevalent diagnosis is schizophrenia. This is characterized usually by having experiences which go on in the person's head, which they experience as real, and they believe are actually happening, despite nobody else experiencing them. This can be in the form of things they think they see, or things which they think they hear, such as voices, Smells they might believe are real, and sometimes body sensations they may feel which they believe are real. At the same time, people with schizophrenia type symptoms tend to show behaviors in terms of the social behavior, 
which is often odd and eccentric, having difficulty sustaining typical eye contact, sometimes shaking the head as if they are attending to something which no one else can see or hear, and sometimes being so wrapped up in themselves that they just isolate from everyone else so as not to let other people realize that their behaviors and thoughts are so different from everyone else. It is most important to remember that the average person should never make a diagnosis, but always leave it up to a professional, such as a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, or a psychologist. There are many physical illnesses which can cause similar symptoms, but would not warrant such a diagnosis. At the same time, there are sometimes odd behaviors people exhibit, but still do not necessarily mean they have any of these illnesses. Major mental illness today is not really something which is fixed by talk therapy. At the same time, talk therapy is often still very helpful to help manage the disorder and to help the person accept what's going on. And also, to encourage them to seek the help they need. The most effective treatment for these significant disorders is medication. Medication can sometimes reduce most of the symptoms, sometimes it can reduce some of the symptoms, and unfortunately, sometimes in certain cases, it may not help much at all. Nevertheless, medicine is today the most effective first choice for serious mental illness and should be tried as the first line of approach. Severe depression can start any time in a person's life, and it has been seen earlier and earlier in recent years, even in preteens. I'm talking here about serious depression, which involves inability to function, not just depressed mood. Bipolar disorder has its most common first presentation during late teens and early 20s, and similar with schizophrenia. Though with these two illnesses, there may be some fuzzy signs of it even earlier. Please be aware that there are always exceptions to this rule. What is the treatment for these illnesses? While well, the illness is serious, the intervention is usually threefold, fourfold actually. First, finding a doctor to make a diagnosis. Second, finding the right medication. Third, providing some kind of psychotherapy or verbal or treatment. Fourth, making some lifestyle changes such as healthier eating, more careful daily structure, and avoiding things which trigger symptoms. These can include adequate sleep, reducing stress, healthy diet. There are lots of cures and promises made today by people, which include therapies and supplements. Unfortunately, there isn't much evidence to support that they work. I'm often asked, what is the expected outcome of these disorders? And the answer is, it varies. Some individuals take medications and their symptoms all but disappear and they function well. This is usually the result of following doctor's orders, taking the medication regularly without fail, identifying the illness early and getting the right treatment as soon as possible and finding the right medication. Unfortunately, the longer people wait to seek professional help, the more they are, likely they are for the symptoms to persist. Question. What is the likelihood of recovery from these illnesses? Answers. Doctors usually don't like to talk about recovery. Instead, we prefer to talk about management. When the symptoms can be managed and reduced to a level that can help the person function regularly again, this is considered a success. Question. What about shidduchim for people with significant illnesses? Answer. 
The real question, as far as I'm concerned, is not whether someone with one of these disorders can get married, but how well is the mental illness being managed? Someone who is aware of the diagnosis, takes the medication regularly, and is functioning well, will be able to get married and should have no problem leading a happy life. question is not, can they get married, but whom shall they marry? The answer is that someone who is aware of the situation finds the person of value enough to want to support them. I have seen quite successful marriages of people with mental illness, usually resulting from diligent and responsible attitudes, such as taking the medications as prescribed, open communication between spouses and families, and having a realistic plan for when and if symptoms return. As long as there is a reasonable plan in place, people with a history of ability to function with a diagnosis are likely to continue to function well in the future. These diagnoses are not going away and are becoming more common in our communities, and we will need to learn to be more accepting of them in the future. It's interesting to know that mental illnesses were prevalent in Beis Harav, and it's important to be aware that the Rebbe's brother struggled with mental illness during his life. The Rebbe in his Igris speaks very favorably about medication as the appropriate intervention for these disorders when they are serious. As I mentioned, the earlier one gets help for these issues, the more likely the person is to lead a more healthy life. Though it's under- understandable why you would want to keep this a secret, it's more important to get ad- adequate help. Keeping secrets is unlikely to get you the proper help you need. Yes, privacy is always important, and there's no reason to publicize a person's mental health status to others. But it would be a foolish mistake with a heavy price to pay to hide it from a doctor or from a prospective shidduch. Keeping secrets like that will only backfire, and secrets like that never make out well. In today's world, people tend to be respectful and mostly accepting. If they are not accepting, instead of trying to hide it, it would be a better strategy better strategy to find yourself different friends than to try to hide something as important as that. If you have any questions about anything discussed in today's podcast, feel free to send me an email. My email address is drshagalow at gmail.com. Have a good night.